The Linux Reality Podcast is sponsored by O'Reilly Media, spreading the knowledge of innovators through its books, online services, magazines, and conferences. Visit them today at O'Reilly.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Linux Reality, and this is the penultimate episode, episode number 99. Next week will be the final episode, um, and it's been quite a ride, uh, not only in the last two years, but also in the last couple of weeks since I announced uh, that I was going to be ending the podcast. The emails have been just really overwhelming, and I, you know, as I said, I do plan to talk about that next week. So, Thank you so much for that. Please keep them coming. And uh, if you do want to send in an audio clip or something, feel free to do that. I'm going to uh, spend some time uh, playing those uh, in that last episode. But before I get to all that next week, I did think it was quite appropriate. I was thinking about what to talk about in my second to last episode, and I had some some you know some various ideas. And I finally realized, you know, I really would like to take a few minutes to talk about. Still my favorite Linux distribution, Slackware. Uh, it's been quite a while since I've talked about Slackware. I did that special episode, and I've certainly talked a lot about other uh, Linux distributions from time to time. I've been talking about Arch, and obviously Ubuntu is very popular. But I really think Slackware has a lot to offer users of all, you know, of all ranges, new users, experienced users, and so rather, you know, in the Slackware special episode I did, I kind of went through an install. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to kind of talk about Slackware and talk about some of the resources and some of the things, talk about Slack build scripts and package management and uh, and including what's ahead for the next version of Slackware, which is going to be version 12.1. And I don't know when that will be out, of course. No one really knows except Pat. But uh, it should be, you know, relatively soon, and there's a lot of cool things going on with it. So let's talk about Slackware. Okay, well, Slackware, you know, really doesn't need much introduction, certainly not for me. Um, it's very well known, as I think I've talked about before. It's the oldest uh, surviving Linux distribution out there. And, in fact, I am pulling up, as I record this, I'm pulling up the DistroWatch page on Slackware. And DistroWatch set, tracks the first release on DistroWatch 1.1.2 in 1994. And the most recent version, 12.0, was released in July of last year, July 2007. And the thing I like about Slackware is I have found, I've tried a lot of Linux distributions, and not all of them by any means, but a lot of them. And at the end of the day, you know, Lots of Linux distributions have their advantages, have their disadvantages. There's positives and negatives about about you know everything in life, of course. So, but for me at least, I have found Slackware to be the most stable and secure, uh, flexible, uh, clean Linux version out there. It's got the most potential for tweakability, which is always a good thing. Um, you know the 
the interesting thing, I think something that really goes unsaid a lot about Slackware, which I don't know why this is the case, but talking about security and updates, uh, you know, you have some distributions like Arch Linux, you know, they're just rolling. So they, it's not like they really have a stable tree or security updates because everything's just constantly updated. So if Samba has a vulnerability, well, there's going to be a new version of Samba. And as soon as there is, they're going to have an update for it. Gen 2, same kind of thing. Um, except, you know, for, you know, you have to compile it, of course, but same idea. And then you have distributions like Debian, you know, which has stable and testing and all that, all the different branches. You have Ubuntu, which has their regular releases and then their long-term support releases, which is, I think, five years of support. Obviously, you've got commercial distributions, Red Hat Enterprise Linux and all this kind of stuff and everything in between. But what I think a lot of people don't realize is for Slackware, you know, Patrick and the Slackware security team, he's got a whole security team dedicated to updating Slackware. They are still providing updates as I speak for Slackware 8.0, which was released in 2001. Uh, so that's seven years of support. That's that's long-term support, <laughs> I think. Uh, obviously, these are not package application updates. These are security updates. But, you know, for Samba and Cups and things like that, things which seem to have, you know, constant vulnerabilities, they're still so, uh, they are still providing updates for some of those old packages. MySQL, you know, for example. Uh, so if you're running a server uh, and you use a tool that I'll talk about in a few minutes, um, called Slack package, which will provide, you know, easy way to do binary updates. You've really got a great system that doesn't really, that doesn't require any compiling. I mean, you just, you know, if you're going to run a web server or a cups print server or a file server or anything like that, I mean, everything's included, everything you need is included and it's just extremely stable and secure. And I have found it to be fantastic in that regard. So I guess I just wanted to start off by, you know, kind of doing a little hat tip, I guess, to uh, Pat and the Slackware security team for providing security updates because that's really important. I think it's often overlooked, uh, not just with Slackware, but with everything in general. But obviously, you know, when it comes to Slackware, we're talking about Slackware resources. There's a lot of them out there besides, of course, the main Slackware homepage. There's the LQ form, which is really just a fantastic form, and I still hang out there. Uh, all the main Slackware regulars that you see in various places all hang out there it's a it's the official support form for slackware uh so it's it's you know it's it's a great resource and it's very active very very active there's a good irc channel on freenode uh hash uh, slackware i think it's actually got the two hashes i think so it but if you just type in you know join slash hack uh, slackware you'll you'll get there um there's the Slack wiki, which I think is a great wiki. It's got hundreds of tutorials and tips uh, also provided by a lot of these same people. There's a lot of uh, good stuff in there on writing Slack builds, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. There's some good tutorials on how to do a minimal install. You know, that's one thing that I think is nice about some other distributions is like, for example, Arch Linux. It's very easy to get a minimal install right out of the box. I mean, the you know, the Arch Linux FTP install, that's what it is. And same with a Debian net install. It would be kind of cool in the Slackware installer if you could just select a minimal install and have it, you know, have packages pre-selected. But it's not terribly difficult to do it, you know, without that. So, and there's a good tutorial. Basically, just tells you which uh, sections, you know, which package sections to install, and uh, you're good to go. And you've got a very similar minimal install, just like those other distributions. Just a few hundred megs. I've done that, and it works really well. 
uh, two uh, books, uh, slackbook.org and slackbasics.org. Uh, slackbook.org is, I don't really know if it, I shouldn't say it's necessarily officially supported, but it comes out in a print version too. I have the print version. Um, and uh, slackbasics.org uh, has recently been updated for 12.0, and there's a lot of good information in both of those online materials, which are free. Uh, for people to download and use. I think there's PDF versions and obviously online HTML versions. Uh, as far as um, uh, packages, you know, extra packages, third-party repositories, if you will, you've got a few. And before I get to them, I guess I should talk about package management. And again, this is something I've touched on before, but I did want to talk about it again just because it is something I think that's important. It comes up frequently when people talk about Slackware. They say Slackware lacks a package manager. And which is just not true. It does. Um, Slackware has binary packages and there's a package manager called package tool, which manages them. You can view the contents, you can install, you can remove, you can, you know, what, whatever you can upgrade packages. There's a tool called upgrade package that comes. There's a, there's a set of five or six package package tools that come with Slackware. There's package tool. And when I say package, it's PKG. So PKG tool, install package, remove package, explode package, make package, and upgrade package. Those are the native default uh, package tools that are available. And they do everything that sort of their name implies. Installs, removes, lets you make a package, uh, upgrade a package. So if you have, you know, and the upgrade process in Slackware works flawlessly. Uh, I've upgraded between different releases, and Patrick always provides uh, a a, a nice how-to on how to do that, and it works really well. But for third-party package uh, tools or third-party repositories, the, the main one, I think, is, for me at least, slackbasics. Uh, sorry, not slackbasics, slackbuilds.org. There is a slackbuilds.net, but that's a different website. That's a French website. I have never used any of the Slack builds available on that website, but, um, but that is another website. But slackbuilds.org is run by Robbie Workman, Eric Hamleers, who's also known as Alien Bob, Alan Hicks and you know four or five other admins, and these are all again sort of the well-known guys in the community. Um, but the nice thing about Slack builds is it uses the native um, script or the, the the native way to make packages. Uh, the native way to make packages is using a Slack build script. That's what Patrick uses to make all the um, you know all the, to, to make all the binary um, uh, packages that come with Slack, that come with Slackware. A Slack build script is essentially a, it's a shell script and it really is, it's, you can almost describe it as a wrapper around make package. Make package again is that native tool to make a Slackware package, but there's a few things that need to be done before make package can run. So a Slack build script does all this initialization, if you will, and then runs make package at the end. And so some of the things that a Slack build script, and again, there's some excellent tutorials on the, uh, on the Slack wiki. Uh, there's one on writing a Slack build script. There's, there's, you know, one talks about using Slack build scripts. Uh, there's really some good stuff there, but basically a, you know, a typical Slack build script will, you know, if you have the source, uh, source code, the source tarball in the same directory, uh, it will, uh, it will extract that tarball it will you know check to make sure there's a temp directory because what a slack build script essentially does is it essentially compiles and builds the application in a temp directory and and it adds a few things and obviously does some other things but that temp directory is then what's used by make package to build a package 
you can it, it's it's not a cheroot it's similar but it, you can you know with with most uh with most software you can you can dictate what um what the destination directory is where the package is to be built and you can designate you know the 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 path for different things and so you can set all this up in the Slack build script and it will sort of compile and build the application in this temporary directory and then uh, make package will build the package for you. And that way when install package runs, it knows how to move everything into the right place. And that's what package management does is it, it keeps track of the files that each package has so you can remove them and upgrade them and that sort of thing. Uh, so the Slack build script will extract the sources. It will then configure and compile the sources. And, you know, you can you can certainly put in configure options. Sometimes you need to do this. I've had to do this for several of my Slack build scripts that are up at slackbuilds.org, where you have to designate if you want HAL enabled or disabled, for example, or if you want CUP support or not, or that kind of thing. Those are all configure options, and so you can you know you'll have that a place to do that uh, in the Slack build script. So then it compiles the application and then makes and installs the application in that temporary directory. So it makes the binary and actually installs it in this temp directory. It installs documentation. And then there's some final cleanup things. It will, you know, strip the binaries. It will compress the man pages. If there's a, a command that needs to be run after the application's installed, sometimes you need to do this. Um, then there's a way to do that because the Slack build script also and make package they make in this temp directory a directory called install. And that's where you can put anything that's needed to be used by the installation process. And the, 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 the general convention is to create a script called do INST, so do install.sh. And that will contain any commands that need to be run after the package is installed. Uh, you also need to create a Slack dash desk, D E S C, for description file, which is. There's a, there's a template for that on the wiki, uh, and it's basically that's the, a description of the package, and that's what's displayed when you run package tool. You have a listing of the packages, and you can select them and view them, view some information, and that's what that's used for. Uh, so really, a Slack build script is very simple. It's a shell script. Like I said, it's a wrapper around make package. It does some, some initialization, sets some variables, uh, you know, uh, creates the directory, extracts the source, compiles it, uh, makes it, installs it, uh, installs the documentation, does some post-install cleanup, like the compressing of the man pages and whatnot, and then kind of then runs make package, essentially, and make package then builds the actual binary package that you can install. Now, none of these package tools in Slackware, and this goes back to what people say when Slackware doesn't have package management, none of these tools check dependencies. That's the one thing with Slackware. The package management system does not check dependencies. So that's what people mean when they say package, you know, Slackware doesn't have package management. It does. It just doesn't do dependency checking. And, you know, that's a that's a good and bad thing depending on how you look at it. A lot of people find that to be a negative. They like it. They like packages to be able to pull everything in that you need. But in, in all honesty, uh, when I've run Slackware, first of all, very rarely do I have dependencies because – most dependencies for most applications are stuff that's included. It's looking for Qt or it's looking for GTK or it's looking for some other kind of libraries or whatever. It's looking for things that are going to be there on a regular Slackware install. Now, if it looks for something, if it does need something different uh, or something that's not included, then obviously you need to build that first and have it installed. Um, 
But that's what these repositories are for. And slackbuilds.org is so great because all the applications that are there are intended to be built on a regular Slackware install, meaning the dependencies are already satisfied. Or if it has a dependency, it's also there at slackbuilds.org. So you read uh, the readme file that's that's available at slackbuilds.org for the application. And it tells you what you need to do. It's very easy. And then you can... Um, you know, then you can download that tarball from slackbuilds.org, which is just a tarball of the the README, the Slack build script, any, you know, do installation scripts, the Slack desk, and, you know, a .info file, which has like an MD5 sum and a download location and the author or the maintainer of the Slack build and that sort of thing. And then you run, you download the source and you run the Slack build and it works. I mean, it works great. And, you know, a lot of these other, you know, these guys that I've mentioned, like Robbie Workman and Eric uh, and Alan, they also maintain their own set of Slack builds and their own binary packages. So, you know, if you don't want to compile something, you can often find it at one of these other guys' sites. I've got a few as well for my Slack builds. I've got some binary packages, although I need to update those. Uh, But, you know, you can, you know, if you see a Slack builds written by Eric, uh, for example, and you don't really feel like, compiling it yourself you can check his website and see if he's got a binary there and you know check it out and download it there but i definitely encourage folks to you know download the slack build from slackbuilds.org and compile it yourself because then it's compiled for your system you can make any necessary changes that you want and that's the whole idea of of administering a unix like system is that you kind of really get to know your system and that you can you know you know uh customize things for you know exactly the way you want uh, so that's, you know, package management. Now, one package tool, another package tool I mentioned a few minutes ago is called Slack Package, and it's made by another guy that's well-known in the community, uh, Peter Punk, and he his that's his handle, and uh, Slack Package is awesome, and it comes with Slackware. It's in the extras directory because it's not maintained or, uh, you know, by Patrick himself, but it's a third-party tool, but it's sort of, I would say, unofficially endorsed. Um, it's highly regarded. It's a great tool. It looks a lot like package tool, similar in look and feel and how it operates. And what this lets you do is to, if you haven't installed everything from your Slackware, you know, CDs, you can point to a repository, you know, a mirror, uh, an FTP or or HTTP mirror, and you can download packages directly. You can upgrade them. So if you're moving from 11 to 12 and you're following the instructions, you can, that Patrick provides, you can download the packages from using um, Slack package. It's there to uh, upgrade your packages for like, you know, security updates. So if Firefox is updated, you know, that's the other nice thing is Patrick updates all the main packages. So Firefox, Thunderbird, all that good stuff. Uh, if there's a security vulnerability in Firefox, it's available and you can download it and install it with Slack package. And it works fantastically well. Slack package is just an awesome, awesome tool. Uh, so, you know, again, I think Slackware is, is such an amazing distribution. I like it because it keeps things simple, but everything works. It's extremely stable. I don't nearly have the flakiness that I have in, in some other distributions from time to time. It doesn't have GNOME. So that's unfortunate for folks who like GNOME. There are some Slack build scripts out there to build GNOME. There's also, at least last time I checked, there's some places where you can download, you know, binaries. Uh, for uh, GNOME, there's Dropline uh, GNOME, for example. Although I don't, uh, I don't usually use. I mean, I don't use that. I like to either build it from source. And lately, I've just been running, you know, OpenBox or XFCE. So I don't need 
uh, I don't need GNOME, and all the GTK tools that I like to use come with Slackware already or, or are available through one of these third-party locations. Um, but, you know, definitely I really highly recommend people checking out Slackware. You know, the, the stuff that's going on in current, which is the, you know, what's going to be the next release, which is going to be 12.1, is looking really, really cool, looking great. I'm running current on one of my laptops, and it's running, it's running extremely well. Some of the highlights I'll mention, um, 2.6.24 kernel, so latest kernel, latest Xorg 7.3, which is the, you know, the, the fancy Xorg that now runs without even an Xorg.conf file for most people, uh, which was really, really nice. The latest KDE 3.5.x series, Patrick did say, you know, when I met Patrick at, um, at the KDE event, it was cool because... Obviously, you know, I think he really likes KDE and supports KDE, and I think KDE has been very good about supporting Slackware, the KDE, you know, devs. And uh, so after that, in the in the current changelog, Patrick said that um, the next version of Slackware after 12.1 will have 4. Dot whatever it's at. So the next release that's coming out will still have 3.5, and then the one after that will have 4. Dot one hopefully at that point it will be 4.1 and uh, will be a little bit more stable and usable uh, but anyway in 12.1 so we've got kde 3.5.x we've got the latest xfce which is what i like to use 4.4.2 some cool updates oh well before i get to the cool thing the new things you know the starting in 12.0 um, patrick included hal and dbus so all your auto mounting you know, for USB sticks and CD-ROMs and all that kind of stuff, it works perfectly well. And uh, for XFCE, you can also install from slackbuilds.org. Robbie Workman has a has a script for the Thunar Volman plugin, which is a plugin you need for Thunar, the XFCE file manager, to do auto mounting. And that's what I use, and that's what I've been using, and it works really well. Um, no problems whatsoever. Uh, so some of the cool new things in Slackware 12.1, it looks like there's a whole bunch of them, but some of the highlights I'll mention are Fuse, which I think is really neat. Um, Fuse, I've mentioned before, is this file system in user space. It lets, lets people use SSHFS and NTFS 3G and some of these other things where you can essentially have a have another file system or you can use, like the SSHFS is cool because you can use SSH to mount another machine, mount a directory, so it appears as a file system, but it's really mounted over SSH. So that's called SSHFS, or the SSH file system. But you need Fuse, which is a kernel module, uh, to run first. Now, slackbuilds.org has Fuse for 12.0, but Patrick's going to include it in 12.1. So that is very cool. Another thing I noticed is that he's including now a bunch of wireless firmware by default. Any firmware that I think can be, uh, be legally um, included. Unfortunately, I don't think that includes Mad Wi-Fi because I think Mad Wi-Fi still has some restrictions on it. But it includes some Intel wireless firmware and a bunch of others. You know, stuff that can be freely distributed. That's being included, so that's really sweet. Um, you can also use Wicked, which is that um, um, that other wireless manager I talked about recently, which is available at SlackBuilds.org and Wicked works really well in Slackware. It's, it's another one of Robbie's scripts, and I'm using it on my, on my ThinkPad laptop. Works great. No need for GNOME Network Manager. You use XFCE plus Wicked, and you've got a nice GTK2-looking uh, um, you know, desktop environment with a nice GUI graphical 
a tool for managing wired and wireless networks. Okay, back to the new stuff. Uh, so new HAL and DBus updates, which are working really well. There's a lot of, obviously, lots of other updates to applications, all the latest and greatest of all your main stuff. The other nice little thing is that, uh, you know, Slackware still uses Lilo for its boot manager. It doesn't use Grub. And for the longest time, as long as I can remember, Slackware has had a very basic default-looking Lilo boot splash. Pretty ugly. Black with, like, a red box and yellow text and everything. And... Patrick has now included a new Lilo boot splash screen enabled by default. And it looks cool. It's a uh, black and white with a black, with the black and white Slackware logo on it. It looks really nice. It's a nice touch. It's just a little thing, but it looks pretty cool. I mean, who knew that Lilo could look so good, right? Um, <laughs> and for people who like grub, there's still grub included in extras and that it comes with Slackware. So over the years, I have actually switched to Grub. So even on my Slackware boxes, I use the Grub that, that comes with Extra, that comes in the Extras directory. And there's a nice tool for that called Grub Config, which replaces Lilo Config, which is a nice tool that comes with Slackware to, to configure Lilo. So Grub Config does the same thing for Grub. Works works really well. So there's a lot of cool new things coming up in Slackware. I, I really encourage people to check it out. Please, you know, do not be intimidated by the idea of having to compile software in Slackware. It's really easy. And if you use a Slack build script from slackbuilds.org or someplace like that, it's going to work. And it works just fine. And it will build a binary package for you. You install it. And then you can manage it with package tool. It's really not that hard. And not having anything that checks dependency um, for packages that are that are built is really in very in in 99% of the cases is not a problem. I mean if you're building some very complex piece of software that has 100 dependencies that might be something else but I mean I honestly have never uh encountered something quite like that. So uh works great. Check it out. Got to love Slackware. And so that's why I had to spend my second to last episode talking about it because it's just great stuff. And I think with that, I'm going to wrap it up for this week. Okay, everybody. Well, um, hope you enjoyed that uh, that little discussion on Slackware and Slack Builds and SlackBuilds.org and all the great resources that are out there. It's an extremely friendly and, and wonderful community. I love being a part of the Slackware community. It's just fantastic. Um, Patrick's a really cool guy, and all the other guys in the community that I've mentioned and many others are just really great, and it's just a lot of fun to be a part of. So do check it out. Feel free to contact me. Send me an email at linuxreality at gmail.com, or you can drop by the forums, which are still very active and busy, and they're going to be sticking around, so don't worry about that. Go to linuxreality.com slash forums. IRC channel, hash linuxreality on irc.freenode.net. And you can, of course, uh, record an audio comment and send it to me as an attachment uh, to an email, which would be great, and I'll play it next week. I'm going to play all the audio comments I've got. Uh, or you can call one of the listener hotlines. Go to linuxreality.com slash contact and call me and leave a message that way. That'll work as well. So I hope you all have a great week and a great weekend, and I'll catch you next time for the last time. This will be episode 99 of Linux Reality. See you later. Bye-bye.